everybody. I'm Cody. And I'm Brent. And we are the Hugo Knots here to review for you the best science fiction books of all time. This week, we are reviewing The City and the City. And make sure you like, subscribe, follow, download, whatever you're doing to listen to us um, so you don't miss the next episode, which is going to be on Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke. City on the City is by China Mieville. And Brent's going to tell you all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, won the Hugo in 2010. And uh, China Mieville is a British author who has set out to write a book in every genre, which is really interesting. But this book he wrote uh, as a police procedural for his mom, who died in 2007. So this book is sort of like his homage to her, which is just really cute and sweet. So It was her favorite uh, genre. Yeah. So this is a detective noir novel, um, and it's set in two linked but mysteriously separate cities. Inspector Borloo is a smart, likable, no-nonsense detective from Vigel, uh, a city that exists in the same geographic space as the foreign city of Alcoma. But despite sitting in the same place, with many streets and even some buildings in both cities, the two are fierce rivals, and there's very harsh penalties for any residents who breach or across to the other city. And so Borlu is assigned to investigate the murder of a young woman, and it quickly proves to have you know, interested parties across both cities. And so as he digs deeper into the case, we're also sort of exposing the workings of the two cities, the city and the city, and the shadowy, all-powerful agents of breach who patrol the border and arrest, extradite, or even execute people who breach that boundary. So that's what we, that's what we got. Yeah, it is an excellent read. Uh, I give it a four out of five. Um, it, it, I feel like it's a, it's a really challenging and and um, nuanced social, socio political commentary, and just kind of a commentary on how we build societies in general as humans. Um, and it's also wrapped up in the detective noir um, mystery novel wrapper, um, which com- which is also compelling. It's a great book. Yeah, for sure. I also give it a four out of five. Um, I think the resolution to the mystery is, uh, it is like perfect in ways that I just cannot even, we can't even really talk about without spoiling it. But I'll just say, man, the ending is like simultaneously everything you want it to be, but also not at all what you're expecting. It's so surprising and just, it's it's great. Um, and so just, it landed such a big message in an interesting way. Um, so yeah, four out of five stars to both of the points we made uh, as a police procedural um, and the world building mystery uh, when you're combining those Mievel's combining those two things here um, and in, in such a great way, right? He's, he's doing this, this murder mystery that is executed really well. Um, I'm sorry, I'm being really careful because this one is, very hard not to spoil. So we're yeah. going to try, we're going to not try do very it. Hard. We're going to not do it. We're going to try hard not to do it. And we're going to cut out anything that was a spoiler. So don't worry, but it's, it's tough. We got to, we got to dance around some things because um, we got to be nuanced like me. Um, <laughs> he's got, so he's got the great, the mystery of the detective yeah, the novel. Yeah. But then also I haven't seen as commonly um, mystery from world building, like an arc of mystery. Yeah. What are the rules? How does this work? What, what the hell is breach? What, what, what is happening here? How does this work? And it's, that almost becomes like the bigger mystery that as we solve the case, 
he Mayville's never breaking the, the the narrative arc to tell us how the world works. It's just as Borloo investigates and figures out what's happening with the mystery, we as the reader get to see the pieces of how you know the rules of the city and the city and just this very interesting, very different world work. And so we're really solving the bigger mystery as we get to pick up pieces along the way as, as Borloo solves the murder mystery. Right. So there's two mysteries for the audience. Um, and you, yeah, you just, Mieville just gives it to us in pieces like dialogue, bits of Borloo's thoughts, because Borloo's the narrator, um, and actions in the book, thing, the you know events that are happening. And so we're seeing these things about these two cities. We're like, That's strange wonder what's going on there and then that you know resolves itself in its own little arc and you slowly start to figure that all out it's uh in, in ingenious writing um, yeah yeah frankly. I, yeah i absolutely agree and which is also you know to be said i don't know if you felt the same way as i did but i, I guess i would call this quote and i as i said in my review like more challenging than a lot of science fiction or just literature i read in general i feel like it's one of those books that you kind of can't miss a word or a sentence or you might be lost. Like it, it really requires you to pay full attention to it and use and, and be enveloped in it using your imagination and feeling it um, versus, you know, other books that even, even though they might have a lot of detail uh, about the science or the whatever, like you can kind of like zone out for a bit and come back and, and you're still in with, in it with the characters. Um, I thought this one was, a, this is a challenging, like good literary read. I agree with you. It definitely felt literary. I'm not sure that it felt like it didn't. I didn't feel myself sometimes. Um, I don't know. I read some James Joyce last year, and it was like, good lord, I really had to like do a lot of work to read that book. I didn't feel like I had to do a lot of work, but I do see what you mean about. I, I agree that it's for sure like a lot of literary elements, and there's a lot. There's a lot to think about for sure. It just it. it the stuff to to me, the stuff to think about happened so organically along the way that it sort of just happened. It was like it's. He like incepts us with these ideas. Um, so yeah, it does. If you're not paying attention, you won't be able to soak in all that detail. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, but you don't need to like do any like outside research to yes. get it. Yes, yes, yes. You don't, like, yeah, yeah, you don't have to read someone else's commentary. Yeah, um, it flows. It flows nicely if you're in it. So, um, so tell us about our narrator. Yeah. So Inspector Borloo is uh, our main character. He's the detective from Bajel. Um, and he is like very much uh, a detective noir trope, but I actually think that's a really, really good thing. So, you know, he um, he hates bureaucracy and, uh, you know, he works too much to maintain steady relationships. He sort of has these like various like broken relationships with with women where they, you know, he's, he's too involved in his job. Um, he cares deeply about justice and making sure the bad guys are held responsible, but he doesn't really care about rules. Like he just wants the right outcome to happen. He doesn't really care that the rules get followed along the way. So that's all like super standard detective more stuff. But I think it's totally necessary. And that's what we need for someone to be willing to, uh, for it to feel natural for him to be investigating this murder and sort of pushing at the boundaries of what is allowed between these two worlds, because otherwise we don't get to see what the boundaries are. So um, I think he's absolutely a trope and it's perfect. It's it, He should have been and I don't think, you know, normally when, when you're reading something you're like, oh, I've read this before, it's, it feels like a pain. Not at all here. I think it was great. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, and 
to that point about him being a trope, I feel like we talked about this a little bit when we were preparing. Uh, I just think it's interesting when you read any of these detective novels um, that they're always so singularly focused on the goal of like, he's just going to solve this one murder. And we as readers are there for the mystery and the problem solving too. So we just, I feel like we as a culture of story absorbers, um, think the murder detective think it makes sense that all murder detectives are like so doggedly pursuing these murders at like their own risk and their own, like against their own self-interest in a lot of cases. And when there's danger to their bodies and um, it, it is a trope that's really interesting in literature, but it's just funny to think about detectives in real life. I'm sure a lot more reasonable about yeah, their, work, their like work life 20, balance, 20 cases at once. And yeah, it's not like you get to just like go chase down this one murder for like, it's, I feel like it's like several weeks that he like does not do any other work of any kind. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if any, if any like, like larger power is going to, is going to say like, get out of our way or we'll, we'll kill you. I would hope that any real life detectives like, all right, bub my pay grade. I'm, <laughs> I'm stepping back. I'm stepping back right away. Uh, yeah. See you later. So, um, but that's why we love this trope is because society does need people who are willing to take those risks. Like if there's no whistleblowers, like we don't find out that the NSA is surveilling Americans and, um, you know, that's an Edward Snowden reference. Anyway, um, my point is, I think it's, it is very, very rare that there are those people. Um, they're just all in detective noir novels. So I guess that's why there's not in the real world. But anyway, um, no, you're, you're <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. We do. We do need that. And it's like, I guess it's, it, it's so, um, it's so common in stories because it's like the maximum self-sacrifice for the group that one can do. So it's a, it's a nice like hero thing to, um, to emulate in characters, yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. which we also have, um, there's a ton of characters, but, we're going to spoil it if we give him too much away, but he does have two sidekicks for the first half and, and then kind of for the second half, they're split up, but they're, they're both in the whole, or um, at least Corwy, the first one is in the whole book and she's his uh, Borlu's um, kind of like under detective in, uh, in Bejal in the Bejal side of things. Um, and she kind of slowly becomes more fascinated with the case as well, even though he's trying to say like, you don't need to be part of this. She's yeah. He's she's like, like he's like teaching her how to break the rules and be a cool detective. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. And so she's a fun protege character. Um, and and then also we have uh, Dot, who is a detective on the Ilkoman side, who um, is also interested in this case. Uh, and he's like not quite as hard boiled. He's like a he's like a soft boiled egg. Um, right. Yeah. Maybe he's the more he's like the real life detective who's like, that's above my pay grade, but he gets inspired by Borlu to be a little more heroic. So maybe he's the, the realistic uh, foil um, to, to bring us, to, to make it seem more realistic. Uh, but I, I just thought we'd mention them quickly because there are a ton of great characters in the book. Um, we just can't really get into them too much because it yeah. gives it For all sure. away. That is right. So... Um, I wanted to talk about uh, some of the themes here. Particularly, I mean, the biggest theme is about sort of social norms. Like, we've got this place where even more than than our world, following social norms is so complicated. It's very taxing. It takes a lot of energy from everyone. And yet everyone is still doing it. Um, and it's just this fascinating commentary on our world, right? Because we also have a ton of, you know, very complicated systems that we all participate in. And 
And um, I just think it's a really interesting thing to, to think about. And it raises some really, you know, the, 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 the biggest questions in the book are, you know, who is making the rules? You know, who, who, who enforces them? Um, and we won't, we won't get into that but, uh, or, or spoil what happens in the book. But that's really what you get to explore here. And it's, it's a really, it raises some really, really interesting questions. I totally agree. And yeah, that, that, those are the, those questions are the reason to read the book is to find the answers, which we can't give you here. Um, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I agree. I think that the ending is incredibly satisfying, the mystery of both things um, unraveling. Um, and I, it just ultimately... Ultimately, I think one of the one of the questions here is like, where does science fiction end and begin as a genre, right? And that what city, yeah. the city in the city is kind of uh, challenging. It's like definitely towing the line. Yeah, right. It's like weird, weird fiction is what it's what it's labeled as. But that's, you know, the new um, that's a newer genre wrapping um that we've started using uh, which makes sense to differentiate it a little bit from science fiction because so many people think of science fiction as um like space and aliens and technology so it's good for for i guess the general populace to have to have something different to think about um and calling it weird fiction but i think that weird fiction does kind of uh, uh adhere to the basic tenet of science fiction which is um if something about the world were different, how would humans react to that? Um, and and yeah. that the, the and kind of the, tell us about our world. Yeah, right. The speculative fiction core is still here, um, and so anyone who enjoys science fiction will definitely enjoy this. Yeah, and um, I'm happy. I'm happy that it gets to be in science fiction because I think it's great. I'm, I'm happy for there to be a, a, a big sci-fi tent if it means we get to call city in the city sci-fi because I, I I love the genre. Um, absolutely agree. Um, wonderful book, four out of five collectively between us. Um, yeah. definitely, definitely a read. It will be refreshing. Um, what else should we recommend? Yeah. Um, why don't you, why don't you go first? You're, I think you're going to recommend the book, we, or the, the, the last book. We oh yeah. Reading, I got, right? I got two out of three. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, left hand of darkness. Um, Mieville, as uh, referenced, Le Guin is one of his, um, what, I don't know. Inspirations. inspirations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of his inspirations uh, makes a lot of sense. Left Hand of Darkness has a similar feeling where you're exploring a society um, of um, you're exploring like the mores of a society that's different from ours and seeing how it works and how we would uh, react to those things as uh, ourselves. Um, and also, you know, it's a lot of similar, similar themes, uh, in that. And a lot of stuff yeah, we talked about absolutely. last week. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the last episode, please do check it out. It's a, it's a really good one. Love left hand of darkness. It's like absolutely one of the, the, the best science fiction novels of all time. So, uh, check that one out and read it if you have not yet. Um, what you got, I got, I'm going to go with, um, Elmore Leonard, uh, and I'll pick, uh, he's just an incredible detective writer, but I'll, I'll pick LA Confidential as just the one I personally like the most. Um, you know, he would, he writes a lot of very hard boiled detectives who are putting themselves at great risk to, you know, solve, solve things. And they're just super gripping. The dialogue is unbelievable. If you've seen any of the Elmore Leonard movies, like they didn't write anything new. They're just dialogue from the book. And that's pretty rare. Screenwriting is like often kind of a different skill set than writing novels because the, the, the dialogue just has to be like off the charts good in a movie. 
that's just how he writes. The books are incredible. So anyway, yeah, uh, a fun departure from the world of sci-fi if you, you want to check out some detective novels and you like that aspect of City in the City. I, I, I agree. And it, yeah, if, if that's if that's your thing or if you like those novels, you'll definitely like City in the City. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it could be a good way in to sci-fi. Right. And and as another departure, I'm recommending Sapiens by um, Yuval Noah Harari, the nonfiction book about kind of the biology of Homo sapiens and uh, how we've created society and civilization. Um, and I think the crossover between the city and the city and sapiens um, is a lot of how uh, Harari explores um, the way that we create societal norms and um, the fictions that we create uh, to build societies and civilizations um, around. Um, and that's and that's what we see in City in the City in the fictional version. Um, so overall, what a great book. Definitely read it and definitely keep checking out more episodes. For sure. Great to see everybody. Keep reading. We'll see you again soon. All right. Bye.